0: Hey Jake! What? How do you cure hunger in Minecraft? How? You eat three square meals. <laughs> uh, stop it with the dad jokes, Dad. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Engage a Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode one hundred and thirty-four. And I am your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This week, it's all about board games, and I am joined by my usual co-host, Rob Collegian of Upon's Perspective. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: And I ha- we have a special guest, um, a man with a Kickstarter and a plan and a cute animated video and, and in- a near infinite number of possibilities in this board game, which I want to talk about big numbers. Um, this is uh, Dan Zayas. You are uh, making When Cutie Met Patootie, right?
2: That is me. I am making When Cutie Met Patootie.
0: And I, uh, I- we're going to talk a lot about that in the second half of the show. Um, Because it's on Kickstarter, it went live today, those of you wondering how the sausage is made, it is Monday night, so it went live today, and is doing very well, uh, which I I think you you should be proud of, uh, because you definitely caught the attention of a lot of folks, Um, and so we're going to talk a lot about that, but before we do, I'd like to go around the horn, um, and specifically we're going to talk about our experiences playing the game, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I know Rob has, and Dan, I presume you have played it two or three times.
2: Uh yeah, once once but I got a good feel for it. Once but you got a good feel <laughs> for it.
0: That's good. All right. So so you, so you're ready to review it on YouTube is what you're saying?
2: Um, yeah, yeah yeah. I did it once and now I can do the whole critique of the game the whole way through top top to bottom. Fair enough. Top to bottom. So before we
0: go too much farther, I do want to thank everybody for listening this week. Uh, we hope the games that you playing that you have been playing have been great. Um, We do want to make our podcast more interactive, so please feel free to reach out to us on social media or email us uh, with any comments, questions, or topic suggestions. Um, As I said before, this week is about board games, and so typically we start off our podcast by going around the horn. I've played only old board games since the last time we met, and so I'll go last. Um, specifically, Rob, I'm sure both. Uh, well, Dan already knows your thoughts on uh, when Cutie met Petootie because it's published on his Kickstarter page. But I'm curious uh, what your experiences what were too. So, uh, why don't you share with the class? Uh, so, yeah.
1: So I got to uh, I got to play When Cutie Met Pitootie, um last week with Daniel and Michael Wright from Unfiltered Gamer. We played it via uh, Tabletopia, and so we did kind of the. Uh, the three to four player, which was uh, six six visitors, right, Dan? We played with we played with six visitors. That is correct. Right. So, Stephen, this this thing is number one. It's, it's beautiful. It has that that very kind of uh, Studio Ghibli kind of art to it. Um, you've got all these these strange creatures uh, from different planets. Those are the those are the visitors, uh, and you each player has a citizen card. And that's the card that um, it, it basically tells you what gems you're going to score at the okay. end of the game and who kind of like your special friend. That's didn't sound very good. Sorry, not your special friend, uh, but basically what visitor your citizen is, is close to or friendly with for, for bonus points at the end. Um, and you've got this pyramid of path cards and, and the goal is to get all of these visitors up to the top and you want them to be carrying your color gem and the board can flood and visitors can be taken off the board and you can be, you know, sneaky and intentionally flood things off the board. And it's just, it's a really cool game. Uh, we, it, it only took us about maybe a half an hour to play. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. And this is a game that I can see, uh, you know, playing with my kids, but also playing, you know, game night when, when I have, uh, you know, Stephen, you and, and some, and some other people over, um, it's, it's very simple. You've got two actions per turn um, and you could do one, you know, either of those actions efficiently or inefficiently, but the amount of choices you have per turn, even though you only have those two actions, um, yeah. is pretty is pretty significant.
0: Okay. I mean, I... So you say visitors and um, I'm... So what do you mean by that?
1: So these are... Um, Visitors from another planet, and if you watch uh, Daniel's Kickstarter video, you'll see there's a there's a whole story behind this this world. Um, I mean, this it's not just kind of like a, a game with mechanics and you go through. There's a there's a backstory, and there's things going on, and there's you know all these these visitors from other planets are are named, and they all have their own unique look. Um, so you know you've got Amelia who who looks like the you know a, a badger. Um, and you've got the, 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 the robot character, which is like a blue, um, a blue diamond. What, what was the name of that one, Dan?
2: The blue diamond is uh, three LDR. He's a robot character, a flying robot.
1: Right. And so you have all of these alien visitors, mm-hmm. um, and they, they kind of are, 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 what you're moving up the board. Okay.
0: Um, and so so I watched one of the my favorite parts about this campaign um, is the the really awesome like animated video. So I mean' I'm not, it's not uncommon to have cool animated videos on top of um, Kickstarter campaigns. that's normal. but th- what's crazy here is that instead of the standard video that is, you know, this is the game I made and this is the dream that you, that I want you to help me live out. And this is, you know, whatever, you know, like the stereotypical Kickstarter videos, which are, they, they serve a purpose. They do what they do. This one is really more about the, you know, the narrative and kind of giving people the theme and the feel. Is that, am I right? Is that my right read on that, Dan?
2: You're right. I'm sorry. You, you, you're right read on it.
0: My read, is, my read is that the video is less about you know this is what this game is, and more about this is what this game is about. Like these are like the theme, the yeah. narrative.
2: Yeah. So there's uh, there's definitely an, an intertwining connection with the game design and what happens in the animated videos. Yeah. Um, but it, you're you're right in saying that they kind of live as their own uh, product of sorts, right? Uh-huh. Um, you can probably call them a good marketing product that I'm... You could, you could almost say that I've built an IP that I am now merching out via the game. But the IP and the game are being revealed simultaneously, right? Yeah, that sounds fair. That sounds fair.
0: Yeah. So how... Give me the quick pitch on how I play this game.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's actually a very, very simple to learn game. Um, you'll set up the map in a pyramid shape depending on how many players. Um, you will then uh, distribute uh, a citizen card to each player and those citizen cards, um, are the ones you play with are directly correlated to the, the visitors that you're playing with because all of the citizens have one visitor which they 100% match with. So out of the visitors that you pick, Ah, uh, one will definitely be uh, correlated uh, affiliated, right? to a visitor that will get you the the most gems, right? to keep it fair for everybody.. Okay. Um, and then what, and then what happens is you have an option every turn to either collect gems or to um, or to advance the characters by spending the gems. Now, when you're spending the gems, you need to either match it completely or you can um, uh, substitute two for one, but you're essentially moving all of the characters up this map. And in doing so, uh, you might actually trigger there's uh, flood cards. Um, and the way you trigger flood cards is by collecting gems slowly or inefficiently. Um, okay. And if you if you collect gems inefficiently, then what'll happen is you're wasting time as the theme goes, and you're letting rewind this this antagonist character build a flood. And what's gonna happen is as the flood builds, it's gonna trigger where the the bottom row will get flooded, and then the next row will get flooded, and the next row will get flooded. And sometimes characters get left behind in the race to the top in such a way that they'll be captured by the flood, right? And your, your goal in this almost like a semi-cooperative experience is you want to save as many creatures as possible for the sake of a high scoring game but you're you're very uh, selfish in that you want those characters that survive to get you the most points by carrying the gems uh, to the top that will get you points based on your citizen card that you had at the very beginning of the game okay.
0: I get that, and so the so I'm looking at some of these um, these the the cards because you say that you build out like this map and it's done by kind of dealing out cards out of it looks like you said uh, looking at the campaign it looks like there's like about 162 cards in the deck yeah so you shared out on Facebook a few weeks ago. Uh, maybe not Maybe not a few weeks ago, a few days ago, I don't know, at some point, and it really hit me, the number where you did the math on the number of possibilities on the oh, map. Oh, yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, is yesterday. That yesterday? That. Man, all right, so yeah. this week is just kind of, the last couple of weeks have been kind of blending together as I get ready to go to E3 in L.A., so nice. uh, I, my brain is not working correctly. So, yes, yesterday, um, and it was an absurdly
2: large number. Yeah, so there are 90 path cards, right? And there's three different map setups, right? So you have uh, the the three- to four-player version, which is the smallest. Then you have the two-player version, which is the the next biggest. And then you have the solo version, which is using all 10 of the visitors. And then so you have 90 path cards that can build a map of 45 at the largest map, but then smaller for the the other two. Um, And then... You're essentially the variation of the way the map can be laid out is so extreme that like you can't you won't be able to play all the versions of the maps uh, ever in your lifetime, um, which is pretty cool. Um, the I mean, game challenge is, is, accepted. Is, no, no, no. There's <laughs> no way. There's no way to. There's, no way to there's, no way to, there's like uh, I don't know. It's in the Googles. We did Googles out of the the the, the, the whatever, exp- exponent exponent hundred, right? Um, of the amount of variability in the maps. Um, now, that being said, the game itself is is too simple to to uh, make that like such a huge marketing footprint, right? It, it does have variability. You will have different types of games based on the way the map is laid out, but your actual actions in the game um, are very are very clean and simple. So. Um, I don't want to draw. I don't want to too much attention to the fact that there are is a huge, huge variability of map space because your actual experience in the game um, shouldn't remain constant and simple and 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 clean, right? Um, but there is like you, it's impossible for you to have like the same map every time. Almost impossible to have the same map every time when you play the game
0: fair enough. I mean, I certainly didn't want to, you know, make it sound like it was more complex than it is. I mean, I know the game is, ra- you know, it's rated uh, or, you know, you're you're judging it as, you know, for 10 plus and things like that. I am Yeah, yeah it's family game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, I get that. Um so I with that said, um I just found the absurdly large number way too humorous to not come to uh, ignore it. Um, yeah. The fact that there are Googles yeah. in there is—it's it, some stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. What can I say? I just like dumb big numbers. So, um, so here are some questions. So, you are obviously, a, you know, you're heavily involved in the board game space. You do consulting for Kickstarters. Um, yep. Is this the first game that you have designed yourself?
2: Yeah, so this is the first game under the Daniel Zayas company um, that I am publishing. Um, I tried to launch a Kickstarter way back for a horror themed game that uh, exploded spectacularly, did not do very well. Um, don't want to talk about it. It was it was a bad experience. But, uh, but you I have but you I learned. Have, uh, but you learned. I did learn my lesson. Um, it was early on when I was just getting started in the industry. Um, I, um, but I, I did learn my lesson, and I, I've uh, essentially uh, uh, done a lot more stuff in between than, um, you know, I've, I've, I've uh, worked as the marketing director at a, at a large publisher for, uh, uh Eagle Griffin games. Okay. Um, and then after that, I, I moved on to, uh, being the U S sales manager for, for long pack games manufacturing. And then all this time I've been, uh, you know, doing a lot of community building within the board game, uh, Facebook space specifically um admitting a lot of facebook groups heading up a lot of different uh innovative shows and things like that um i'm always trying to just test things out i'm not comfortable if if i've seen someone do something before i think is the that's probably a character flaw but i try to use it to my advantage whenever possible
0: Listen, I mean, that's how I came in contact with you. You know, you and I have known known each other digitally for a while and right. it was because um respectfully, and I'm sure Rob will agree, um at least in in the board game space on Facebook, it is impossible to not see you. Um you've <laughs> I'll, done a... I'll take it. I'll,
2: that's a I'll take it as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, I don't I mean, care if you mean it that way. No, <laughs> I no,
0: I mean I do mean it that way. I mean, cuz the thing is is that I see you in every group I'm in, so you're not like a... So when I see you post, that does not help me figure out what group it is. You know what I mean? Because you're. I think yeah, you and I are in great. probably like half a dozen or more Facebook groups about yeah. Kickstarter, yeah, and whatever. And so some people, it's like, oh, I see this person post. I know what group it's in automatically. With you, it's like, sure. am, I, am I talking to media people? (laughs) Am I talking to Kickstarter people? Am I talking to, you know, the general public? Um, And obviously I want to, you know, tune my answers if, you know, when I respond to the audience there, Um, you know, so it's, so hearing, seeing you doesn't really help me (laughs) in regards to that, because you've done a really great job of being a positive force in all these different groups. And I'm pretty sure if I understand, I mean, I wasn't there when many of these groups were formed. Didn't you start like half of the ones that i'm in
2: <laughs> i have started a number of groups i've been uh, uh promoted as it were, to in a number of groups um i have helped start i helped start i mean it just there's some groups that just aren't that don't exist and need to be made like most recently was probably the the retailers who back kickstarters right so game retailers who back kickstarters didn't exist right there was only ever like the the retailer industry group that that james matthew he he runs that or he helps facilitate that i think um but uh there was there wasn't like a a a happy place for for retailers to gather and talk about all the kickstarters that are helps helping serve them um that was actually a big part of the creation of when cutie my is like how do i make this work for backers and retailers uh equally um and i i think i i achieved that i don't know we'll see what happens Um, but I'm definitely, definitely trying to fix that problem. If it, if it is one, um, I think it is one and I think, I think it's worth solving. Um, and then, uh, I also recently started maybe, uh, the beginning of this year, I started, uh, the board game fitness challenge, which I'm, that's, that's probably one of my favorite projects that I've, that I've been a part of. Um, essentially what we do is every quarter there's a, a weight loss challenge, and um, up until this point, it's been a challenge to see who will lose the biggest percentage of weight. Um, that was an error on my part. Um, it should have been uh, who loses like a threshold of, of percentage of weight and then everyone can get pulled from that to win prizes, right? Um, and, and so we're fixing that for quarter three, but uh, that's been a very, very rewarding experience. There's a lot of people out there who are making like really positive changes in their health and lifestyle, that is that is rewarding to see and be part of, um, and and have have any small part of, right? Um, because it's them it's them doing the hard work, um, all for the sake of of connecting them with publishers who are going to give game prizes and all that other fun stuff. So that's been a really fun, and rewarding experience, and definitely wanted to highlight it. But yeah, I'm I'm part of a, a bunch of different Facebook groups related to Kickstarter and board games, and I've entered through that space. At, any number of ways that you can become affiliated with the admins and, and the mission behind those groups. I did not know there was a
0: board game fitness challenge. I'm going to join okay. that as soon as we're done recording. Um, because man, I could use some motivation to, uh, it's fun. you know, it's a Fun group to be in. Yeah.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm in there. Oh, you are, man. All right. Well, I'll get in. There. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> officially weighed in yet, but, uh, I've, I'm going get, right. right. get in there. I'm get in there.
2: We'll let you, we'll we'll
0: let you in we'll let you in come on uh, I get in well I mean I got I I got to record a podcast first man I got work to do okay gotcha. um we'll, you know, we'll know later I mean you you know you know how it is you know how it is brothers got to work right so all right so the that one to reiterate and I think that that is um you know for for my audience you know the, a the, a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast are kind of um on the outside looking into the gaming community um you know it's a lot true. of them are you know parents who um either are lapsed gamers or who are getting into the gaming hobby because they're looking for something to do with their children cuz as we all know it's a great thing to do with your kids and you know with your family it's a great activity um i think you would agree you know facebook groups is you know at, at least the board game groups that we are in and if you really if you just search yeah. board game group on facebook you'll get a bunch of them right. um in general, they're a pretty great place to go and just passively learn about the hobby. Um, you yep. know, I mean, the notifications right. can be a little overwhelming, but what are you going to do about that?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the board game community specifically. If you if you can if you consider like an industry wide thing, right? As you if you separate industries, you know, between I don't know whatever other types of entertainment industries there are. I really, really do genuinely think that the board game community is, is about as welcoming as it possibly can be with the amount of people that exist within it. Right. And, and that's a very, very important thing to know when, uh, exploring what kind of hobbies you might be interested in doing. Um, I mean, I've, I've tried all sorts of hobbies in my life. Right. Um, and, and board games specifically have been, uh, a, a godsend right a, a, a very very welcoming uh a place to be um where where it's a safe place to be even for for people who have insecurities about whatever they have right and that's a very very um uh it's important place to be i think for a lot of people who are even even just passively uh interested in board games or passively uh getting interested in 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 the entry level the gateway level of board gaming yeah um And and I think I think it's a really good
0: place to be in. As someone who covers both the video game and the board game space, I can confirm (laughs) that board games are way more welcoming as a community in general than video games. Um, You know, every day I see threads getting shut down in board game or in video game groups, rather, because people are being rude or whatever. Whereas in board games, I think I've seen that happen like twice ever. (laughs)
2: um and it's like it gets shut down pretty quickly if there's any any mud flinging that happens Uh, i I don't and it's very rare that it ever happens yeah exactly
0: um and when it does it's just one grumpy guy or something like that you know and it just gets kind of fixed but it's whereas in board game or in video games rather it's just constant so no i can confirm those of you listening don't be afraid of the board game groups um be afraid of the notifications uh, but just turn those off and you're fine. Just go look whenever, you know, so that way your phone doesn't, <laughs> that way that literally the board game geek group doesn't drain your battery literally on its own. So anyway, enough about Facebook in, in, in and of itself. Let's talk more about When Cutie Met Pitootie. Um, So you're a designer. This is your first game thats that you're making and publishing yourself. Um, making games is hard um i am way too dumb to do it that's why i tell people all the time that's why i'm a critic and not a creator um so my question that i ask <laughs> to everybody and i mean this not in a pejorative way is you could have made anything you wanted um yeah. you could, and and being the board game space as it is we've seen just about everything um why did you make this game why is this a piece of art that you needed to create
2: yeah, that's a good question. That's a good way to phrase it, too, because um, I, I did feel like I needed to make it right. I felt like an, like, I think that creators in general just have they have to do it right. They, they don't mm-hmm. they can't go to sleep unless they get that idea out of their head. And this was very much a, a story and I, an idea and a, and a mechanic that just needed to get out of my head and just be out on paper and then turned into this project and then turned into this product. Okay. Right. And turn it into this experience for people. Um uh there's 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 a lot of answers, right, to to why someone needs to do something as a creative, right? But I even having published or going to hopefully publish when cutie my um I I am first the first person to tell you that like I don't consider myself a a hardcore game designer. Um I think that I had a good idea. And ran with it. Um, I, I think the game design is really hard. I think it's like it, it took a lot out of me to actually get the game design part of it. Even yep. though the story and the game design uh, came quick, came like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I would come up with the core design, right? Yeah. And and that was that was like, oh, there has to be a story of why these ten characters are moving up this map. Yeah. Um, and then. And then, like, oh well, it's because of blah blah blah. They're the alien thing, right? And then, oh, and they have to be collecting gems. And why is the why are the gems important? Oh well, they're affiliated with the citizens as part of this 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 city. And um and, and and I think that that even though they were they were very much intertwined in the development process, the game design portion of it, like, was very taxing. It really was. It was very. Um, I don't want to say mathy. It was it was very. It was just a very draining process to design games. Um, if I if I am successful in this project, um, my my honest uh, goal is to not design any more any more of the games that I published, but just to sign games from people who are passionate about that aspect of it and 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 fit in the storyline that I want to tell. I'm very much more interested in the. The storytelling element of this project, which is why you see in the campaign that I've 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 staked I've, I mean essentially staked the entire project on whether or not people gravitate to these animations, right? Um, so so the need for why this needs to exist is specifically tied to I need to tell the story of these characters who I'm who I love who I'm passionate about, right? Um, and the game. Is is the vehicle that that I can do this in a way that might start a business for me, right? Might might uh, put food on the table, um, and 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 help me build a, a company out of. Uh, I'm very much more more interested in the story that's being told than the game, even though the game experience is rewarding in on its on its own merits, right? Um, yeah, that's what I'll say about that part of it.
1: So I I have to say that I think the idea of, of starting this, this publishing company with the, the plan of continuing this storyline but with different, different designers. Um, right. I, really, I really dig that. So it's not like, hey, I'm a publisher and kind of like you know what kind of games to expect from me, whether they're family games or these, these big, deep, heavy games or there's all these IPs and you know you're going to get tons of of miniatures and 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 card expansions it's it's more like this is my company this is the story i want to tell and right. you can contribute to that with your designs i think that's really unique and i think that's really really cool All
2: right thank you yeah that's that's been kind of the 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 driving force behind even starting this whole project is just the 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 reward, the reward in telling the story is is has been way... I mean, I'm spending, I'm spending a lot of money on these animations. Like that's 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 uh, been a, just as much of an expense as the actual artwork in the game, um, and and I hope people appreciate that. I'm not charging for the story because I want to. I would tell the story for free, um, but I do want. I, I hope that people gravitate to the game. Um, there's there's already buzz going around that this is a new Tactic in Kickstarter to do a narrative campaign. This is what I coined it, I guess, as a narrative campaign where you're learning about the story of the characters in the middle of the campaign. I think it makes it into like an event that you want to be at. Um, in addition to you know supporting the publisher, right, buying the game, but but being there for the event of the Kickstarter um, that isn't tied to stretch goals. Especially in this campaign, there's one stretch goal in the whole campaign, but just being there for the sake of 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 learning the story of these characters together, right mm-hmm.
1: I feel no. like this is something that we've seen plenty of in in other media, you know in, right. in movies, TV and books, you know off, different authors in the same world. but it's something that as far as as far as I know, is just is completely new to the, the tabletop gaming world. Yeah, there's um, there is some inspiration that I definitely
2: want to credit. Um uh not it's it didn't do this exactly the same way I'm doing it, but yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um the the um there is merit to IDW doing uh there was the Legends of, of Korra, right? Yeah. And they were releasing a little bit of their their releases were were component based, right? Yeah. So they were releasing there's a new team that you could use and Legends of Korra. Um, and that was very inspiring to show that there was some story elements—not the same thing that I'm doing with the animations—but there were definitely some story elements that were timed to releases that I think are are definitely worth mentioning. Um, that I was a big fan of um, in developing the, my own project. Right? Yeah. So, so I definitely want to show, you know, give credit to where credit is due, right? For that specific part of it. Um, there's probably um iw has done a number of things that that are inspiring within that uh time to release element but yeah i don't think there's been any timed animations releases within a kickstarter campaign um anything to the level that i'm doing anyway um so yeah i think this is a new it's a it's a it's a grand experiment and if it blows up my face then at least i get to say that i told the story and got it out of my head um, but if it does well, then I get to keep doing this and I get to keep telling that story and I get to keep, uh, you know, building this world that I that I that I love. so. Well,
1: these these innovative Kickstarters, especially as of lately and like even just the past year um, yeah. have been have been awesome. Like you said, with IDW, it was kind of like instead of stretch goals, they had all this content and they just released it slowly. Right. And then we right. saw kind of like the gamification of a Kickstarter campaign with with Thunder Grifts dead man's doubloons and getting oh, the, the community yeah, involved. That, that was an um, nice. that was awesome. But yeah, yours yours is the first one I've seen where it's like the story is unfolding, not just components or or kind of unlocking this or that, but you know, the story's right. going to unfold and we're going to get more and more of that and it's going to keep people coming back and keep people sharing the project and it's just it's such a cool idea.
2: That's the hope is that is that at the least, least the people sharing the project and getting more backers in there. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it looks like it's working um, because you I think, know.
2: I think it is working. Yeah, I think it is working. I think we're gonna, I think we'll hit fifty percent. You know, relatively shortly, um, we're almost there. And then, um, you know, because this is my very first, you know, under this company, right? I'm this very first uh, uh, project with this idea behind it. I think it can only get better as long as it's successful. Right. And maybe this will be uh, a modest success and I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine with totally fine with honestly not hitting the stretch goal for the minis, even though, you know, everyone wants that. I would love to hit it. I would love to provide that for people. Um, if I don't hit it, you know, it's, that's not going to be the end of the world for me because the story was what was important. Right. And, And as long as people just care about the story and allow me to just keep telling the story, then, then I'll be happy. Um, and and even if this with this modest success, I think that um, I can keep doing this. I can keep uh, put doing spinoffs and prequels and, and continuing the main storyline. And and we'll see what happens. So um, you talked about it a little bit before. You said you have the,
0: there is only one stretch goal in the campaign, and that is turning right. the cute little meeples. Which by the way, I really dig the cute little meeples. Um specifically, yep. I like the little turquoise like hedgehog alien looking thing. Um,
2: what's its name? <laughs> that's Beryl. That's Beryl. He comes from an icy world. Yep. Uh along so, is with that Marsalis. Fur? So, so yeah. So
0: that's is, so that's fur. So is he really like super tiny? And that's just like this he's giant. He's super fur- tiny and
2: fluffy. He's tiny and fluffy, and he he sometimes like will ride on Marsalis's shoulder if I'm telling a little bit of the lore. And he's kind of like Marsalis, they have like a symbiotic relationship of sorts where, you know, Marsalis requires a uh, a keyboard. I don't know if you've seen him. He's like the big, tall pink creature. Yeah. He requires a keyboard to communicate. Um, he's got a lot of fur on his face. He can't uh, communicate with his mouth. So he actually plays the keyboard to communicate with people via like the synth wave, cool, fun stuff. Um, but uh, uh, Beryl is kind of like his his little mechanic friend who, who helps... He's very smart and helps uh, uh, fix uh, Marsalis' broken keyboard when, if ever that happens, and uh, and so they have this like little symbiotic relationship where uh, Beryl's too small to like defend himself, so he kind of rides on on Marcellus's back in some situations. So. Sounds sounds great it's to like me.
1: A, it's like a very family-friendly Rocket and group. Yeah, it's a very yeah, yeah <laughs> they're very
2: yeah, yeah, they're very much fluffy much and cute. Less,
1: much less violence and cursing.
2: Much less violence and grazing,
1: that is correct. <laughs> yeah, Rocket, man, can we just say, like, as
0: as fellow nerds, that it's really weird, the the the, the characters that have ended up, like, front and center in movies and in TV and stuff, like Deadpool and Rocket Raccoon and Wolverine, who are definitely not for children. Oh,
1: but, sure. And yet, somehow, <laughs> it's
0: just weird. It's so weird, like, how, like, the more wholesome heroes just kind of... I mean, all right, Captain America he's he's Captain America, but it's just so weird. Anyway, weird sidetrack. It's just funny how, like, Rocket Raccoon is somehow, like, this childlike mascot for, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I'm like, y'all know who what he does? <laughs> 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 Rocket is not necessarily for his jetpack, fellas. Um, but right. anyway, so uh, anyway, that's a total sidebar. Um, and Groot's a pretty messed up individual also. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's just, uh, that's just me. Whatever. Kids can love things. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harsh anybody. Um, so I, um, so Rob, what other questions do you have for, for our guests today?
1: Um, I don't have really many questions. I mean, I've gotten to, I've gotten to play the game and I really, really dig it. Um, you know, the, the Kickstarter campaign is, is super unique and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that next animation, just because, like, I've already caught the bug. Like, I need to know what happens next. Yeah, uh, and I, I also really love the uh, the fact. That, I don't know if we we mentioned this already, but all of the the voices in this and 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 these animations come from the the board game community. Correct, Daniel? Yeah, that's right. I,
2: we didn't mention that. Um, yeah. So what happened was I was gonna essentially have a bunch of friends. Um, I had already intended to just have a bunch of friends do the voiceover. And I was like, well, I also, it, it, it was a happy accident because I um, I didn't have enough prototypes to send to the previewers who I had intended to send prototypes to. And uh, what happened was I, I, I told people like, oh, let me get you the list of all the people who are interested. I connected with all of them saying, oh yeah, we're gonna get you prototypes. Through some weird stuff with Game Crafter, I only ended up getting three prototypes um, actually made, and I needed to keep two of them, and I needed to send one over to Derek um, for a paid promotion that was already, you know, you know, established. Um, But uh, what ended up happening was I just said, "Oh, well, why don't you just? If I don't know if you're interested, right? The board uh, board game reviewer community." Um, but I posted a link saying, hey, these are all the voices. This is the type of voice that I'm going for. And if you think you're interested, I know that you have, like, the mic setups already, right? I, I think if you're interested, then that would be very really cool if you could, you know, participate. And I didn't think, like, maybe I'd get one or two of them. But then like, 30 minutes, like, I had, like, overlap of, like, three people wanting to do each uh, each different voice that was available in the cast. And and it was a really, really, like, rewarding And humbling experience almost right um to where like everyone just rallied and came together and um it it said something to the board game community that they didn't necessarily like they didn't need to have a preview copy of the of the game to participate they just wanted to be part of the project right they just wanted to be part of the fun and and process of it um i really am like i'm uh without getting emotional like i'm very very thankful to them I mean it's okay. Dude, you, I missed you... that post. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I, I wish I had gotten in on that. Yeah, me yeah, too. It was it was very, very fast. It was very popular at best. Same.
0: Um I call dibs on the next one. I want to be the stupid guy. Okay. Uh that's All right. uh there, so... will be, there
2: will be other characters added to this in the next game. Fair enough. Uh, the next game is the main storyline anyway. So... Fair enough.
0: Um I'm in. I wanna be a stupid guy. Um because that's okay. uh yeah. that's what my kids call me. <laughs> um so the oh, nice. um Uh, You know what, I, I missed that post too, and I thought it was super rad, and I also think what was super interesting about it is, you know, because you are a natural marketer, and I think that is safe to say, the fact that like, every time you made an announcement about, hey, this is this person, it was like, you know, it was like, this is who's playing Han Solo in a Star Wars yeah, story. Smart. so it was really neat like that we were basically getting like a, a steady drip of news coming out of this Kickstarter. and I never forgot about it. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of games yeah. that you just forget about because you know they're coming or you know they're happening. Um, right. you know, we talked about IDW. Like I knew that the Legend of Korra game was happening, right? Like they told we right. they had mentioned it before, well before the Kickstarter started. Um, when the Kickstarter went live, or when they started reaching out to the preview community, um, I when when I got the emails, I had literally no idea. I just completely it was like I had forgotten about it entirely. That was impossible with uh, When Cutie Met Patootie, but not in a bad way. You know what I mean? Because it right, was like right. I had been gently like, "Oh, this is cool." This dude that I know that does a that does that's on board game breakfast, or you know, whatever. All these people who I also see regularly around groups and that are YouTube, etc., were like slowly coalescing around the game, um, and I thought that was a neat thing. And you're right. I mean, I, were I in your shoes, I would be crying right now, just nonstop. But I cry at everything.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> ask yeah, Rob, I cry at everything.
2: Really there's a little bit of that off uh, off camera, um, but uh, you're you're right that there is um, there is market there's marketing value in celebrating the people who are who are behind you right. There's yeah. the people who are who are helping helping uh uh you know helping you make a thing right yeah. So so there's definitely it's not lost on me right. That's not lost on me that there's there's a there is a a definite like there's a benefit to um, always, always, if anyone's listening to this and they're making a Kickstarter campaign, um, always, always, always take the opportunity to, to thank the people who have made this possible. Right. And, and taking that even further, like, like collaborate with as many people as you possibly can to, to make something better. Right. Cause it will always get better. Always like, without, like, I can say that with, without a doubt that, that if you collaborate with as many people as possible to make something, um, it will it will always come out in your favor.
0: I agree. Um, you know my philosophy, and you know Rob knows this, and I think he you know does some of the similar things. Is that there is always value in adding value to other people. You know, like you gave them a cool thing to do. You know, that some of yeah. them were always like, hey, I always wanted to do some voice acting in a thing and I was never going to be able to do it um, because, you know, it's not that <laughs> right. Like, it's not that easy. It's, but not, easy. Right. it's not easy to get, get into it. that, yeah. I think. But but no. And a lot of folks don't want to do it professionally. They just want to do it and just say they did. And they did. Um, and we all have these fancy microphones um and the pop screens and the headsets cuz we all do the podcast thing or the video thing yeah. so it just makes total okay. it you you unlock that potential for for some folks um for no reason, I mean, not for no reason, but you you could have just found some people or done a bunch of voices yourself, but you opened it up to a sure. crowd and let them do something fun, and then you made a very big deal out of every person, and some of those people probably didn't sure. you know they weren't the the lead, you know, they were just kind of participating and having some fun, and sure. you celebrated that, and so I agree with that. That's a philosophy that I have. um you why I mean, why not? I mean, there's so much there's so much joy to be had. In this hobby, you know, like at the end of the day, we play with plastic and cardboard to make each other happy. You know what I mean? And so that's true. I mean, this is at the end of the day, this is really (laughs) trivial stuff. Like we're not solving the world's problems, but we're certainly making we are in a way we are in a way. I think. Well, let me let me finish. We're not solving them, but we certainly we certainly Mm -hmm. are making things better. um, Is what I mean? Because you know uh i'll never feed the world by by talking about board games and video games but man making kids happy and making people happy with the games we make or that we talk about there's there for me there's no better feeling in the world so um so br- kudos to you for that. that um kudos to you for that and man i i just know all those people were so stoked um just from listening to them talk and you know cheer you on um and also you know it, it had the benefit yeah. of giving you stuff to do, so bravo to that. Um, couple last was, questions. Yeah. Oh well, I do have one last question, getting back to the game. So here's what we've done. The, Rob, we've done this a couple of times now. We, this is not our first Kickstarter interview. Um, we start with the technical stuff, we get into the game, and then we always get sidetracked on the mushy stuff or the funny stuff, <laughs> and then I always got to try and slam the door and get back to work. Um, so you've got, a, you've got a solo variant. On this, which is which, uses all the cards. How important was it to
2: you to include a solo version of the game? The the solo game started the game. Like I made this as a solo game. Okay, and then multiplayer was was added afterwards. Uh, so so very important is is a short answer to your question. But um, the the game started solo in such a way that I would be able. There's a there's a lot of cool things about this game design. Um, the first thing is that uh, it is a solo game and there are no extra rules to the game in order to play solo. If you learn the game as a multiplayer, then you will know how to play it solo without any added instruction. Okay? The, the way that was possible is because I disassociated the pawn movement and the pawn, uh, you know, giving them gems, a resource replenishment, right? Was, I'm, getting into, I'm getting into very, like, uh, design nerd stuff. That's but, cool. Um, That's cool. The the way it was even possible for that to be the solo to be um, exactly the same rules as that was by removing the ownership of the pawns from the player, you know, there's not one player controlling one pawn moving it up, right? It's everyone controls everyone, which means that you can easily uh, scale that down to a solo experience where one person is controlling everyone, right? Because everyone's controlling everyone. Um, and and the other the other cool design thing that came out of this was this the timer of the flood which keeps up with itself right so so as you're moving up the, the characters along the map um, you're you're potentially um, releasing flood cards that if there were enough flood cards it would flood that that lowest level of the of the map right if 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 seven the lowest level that doesn't, isn't flooded yet. Right. And you have seven cards, then yeah, you'll flood that seventh row. However, if you have like two cards, let's say, but all of the characters clear row seven, instead of pulling from the the two cards that you have started down the row of, of the flood potential, you'll actually just flood it. The, that seventh row from the rewind deck. So the timer keeps up with itself and keeps pressure on the players the entire game, um, or even to the point where if you have six cards in the flood row and then you automatically flood row seven, you're actually going to then trigger a double flood because you have six cards already ready to go onto the sixth row. And you actually will flood two times in a row. And sometimes it's like catastrophic for some of the players in the game where you have all of the, all of the, um, the pawns pl- the essentially wiped off the board, um, and that actually happened to some extent with the game Rob and I played. There was a double flood at the end of the game.
1: I remember. Um, yeah, but- yeah. Intentional? Uh, but the, the movements by yeah by, by Michael and I kind of forced yeah. the end of the game because we flooded the, the basically the last two, two rows that triggered the the end game. Um. So it was yep. this very kind of dramatic end, where I think most of the visitors, with the exception of one or two, ended up being wiped out. Yeah, I think we only had two
2: visitors survive of of the the six we played with. So yeah, it was a pretty dire game. Uh, but I mean, it was it was a learning game, so like we'll we'll, we'll use that as a disclaimer. But um, but yeah, it was a little bit of a dire circumstance at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, so so there are a lot of cool design elements I'm proud of. Um, and, and I, I, I say that, I draw attention to that because I feel that I stumbled on those elements. Um, and, and even, um, I give credit to uh, the developer, the credited developer in the game is Stephanie Brooks, who is, a uh, she's in, in the Facebook groups as well with me, but she's a, a local to where I live in, in Northwest Florida. And we played the game a few times and we've, uh, uh, quite a few times actually. And uh, she, she was the person who actually came up with that that part of it and uh, so I definitely credit her for that aspect of it um, but that I, I want to stress that I've stumbled on a design that works and I'd like to not design any more games if I can help it I'd like to just publish great designs that fit within the story Sounds awesome to me I always find it interesting I did not know
0: that the, uh, that the game started as solo but I think that's probably a, a good path you know, it makes sense intuitively because then you take the solo player, the solo game, and then you can scale it up by, you know, without having to come up with anything. So I, I, I dig that because it, it is true. I've always thought that it would be interesting to try playing some of these solo games, but I just can't bring myself yeah. to do it. But I think that's just because if I'm going to play a game by myself, I'm going to use a controller, um, you know. But that's because of my weird intersection of hobbies. Um, sure. But... The, but I certainly respect, you know, like the solo board gamer, you know, and, you know, all that, that whole genre, a ton of respect for that. Cause it's gotta be, you know, at the very least they avoid the need to, to find friends to play with. Cause they can manage it themselves. I could never do it. Um, so um, I think we're, we're slowly running out of time, but I do okay. really appreciate you coming on the show today because this is a wicked cool game. Um, and you do great work in the Kickstarter community, um, you're learning fools all over the place, teaching them how to get, make their campaigns better. Um, and I think, I mean, the reality is I am certain that there are board games that you never saw that have succeeded because of the work that you have done. Um, and that's, you know, just watching it slowly and listening to people learn in some of those threads has been impressive. So uh, I'm glad that I finally had an opportunity to talk to you. Um, and I'm excited that I finally got a chance to talk to you about your baby. As opposed to, you know, while you're promoting somebody else's project. Because um, I think this yeah. is um, it's a special treat to get to talk to a designer about their special project. You know what I mean? So thank yeah, you very I much. Appreciate I
2: appreciate you talking to me.
0: Yeah. You know what, Rob? This is, somebody appreciates talking to me. How weird is that? that doesn't happen to me very often (laughs) um
1: i i I think he might just be it's the sickness he's got oh
2: yeah yeah, we didn't even cover that in the the thing that i've have a i've had a bronchitis for the last two weeks so uh this is the i i feel like a million bucks now but before i was uh i was worse for wear leading up to this kickstarter launch so i'm glad that i was able to uh to get over it for the actual launch day. That. Yeah,
0: this is the remnants of that. You look like uh, one of the extras from Dead of Winter when you were in that picture at the ER with the IV and everything. Oh, yeah. you really did. You look. <laughs> I was like, man, man, you got a. They got well, they're hydrating you. Thank thank goodness. Yeah um, yeah. um. So, um. The so the game's on Kickstarter. Um. How? Oh, so let's see here. When? Do you, when's the last day? There's 24 days to go as of now.
2: Twenty 29th is the last day so that we've got four weeks so um four full weeks of of fun kickstarter funness um the benefit to kickstarter backers actually the if you're if you're a selfish kickstarter backer and you need to get some benefit over buying it in a store well first of all i don't know if it's going to be in any stores um probably not it's my very first game it's probably not going to hit regular distribution any retail copies are going to be backed by a retail backer right yeah but also you you as a as a Kickstarter backer are going to get seven dollars off your shipping in backing it now versus as a pledge manager purchase later. Even if you try to back it for a dollar, you'll still end up actually having to pay the seven dollars extra in shipping if you uh, unless you are a backer of the Get the Game level or, or higher. There's a, there's one other level to be to be added to the game permanently as a promo card, um, but. But yeah, so that's your benefit for backing the game now instead of waiting later. And it's, a I
0: mean, it's a thirty-nine dollars plus shipping yep. to get it in there. Um, very reasonable for what we're getting. Uh, I have not played it myself. I'm sure I will at some point. Um, Rob, uh, it's, it, Rob gives it his stamp of approval. Um, so you got until the end of the month, folks. Um, but I would definitely back now. Um, you know. It, Because this is, I think this is one of those campaigns, you're not going to want to miss out on this one. And if you don't back it, you're not going to get the notifications and you might miss out on some videos. This is going to be a fun time. So get in there early, um, back this thing. If you don't want to, I get it, whatever. Find somebody else that will. Just go knock on doors if you have to. I don't care how it happens. Um, let's get this game made for this guy um, so he can uh, build the the petuti cinematic universe. Is that what we're
2: building here? Um, <laughs> yep. Um, so yes. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm trying to build this world that is rich and fulfilling and all this other. Uh, give it, you know. Let's makes you feel all sorts of emotions. And let's so make this comes through. So, guys, let's make yes, this happen. I'm a
1: bit more. I'm a bit more selfish. I want this game to fund so I get my copy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, I mean, I guess I would like you...
2: that
1: too.
0: Let's get Rob's copy. All right, let's get Rob's right. copy. Let's get more games made um so that I can do voice acting in a cartoon. Um because y'all want <laughs> yeah. you'll want to hear me say some stupid shenanigans. Um I'm sure you do. So, um with that said, um this has been episode 134 of Engage a Family Gaming Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Um, I do sit here with one ask of you this week. Um, if everyone listening would do me a favor, um, all of you know one person that doesn't listen to podcasts, or maybe does listen to podcasts and doesn't listen to us. I would ask you, with hat in hand, show them the podcast. Tell them what Engage a Family game and Podcast is all about, because if everybody that listens does that, Once a week or once a month or something like that, um, our audience will only grow and a bigger audience for me means more access to cooler things for me and Rob and Linda, um, which means we get to show you more fun stuff uh, on our YouTube and Instagram, etc. So um, it's a a win-win for all of us. So everybody knows somebody. Um, You do. You just might just think about it. Uh, find somebody to help listen um, and send us their way. I'm sure uh, we will do our best to impress them. Um, At the very least, I won't embarrass you too bad. Um, I save that for my kids. So um, until next week, we're going to be talking about video games um, a lot. Fair warning, starting on Monday, we have a new episode going live every day because we will be talking about E3 while I am in L.A. Don't worry. We got the feedback from last year, loud and clear. The episodes were too long. They will be much shorter this time. Um, we just had a lot to say, so uh, so stay tuned next week for a whole bunch of E3 stuff. Um, but until next time, this is Steven and Rob and Dan. We're signing off, and we want to make sure that you get your family game on. You have a great week, folks. Bye.
1: TuneGage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. You. Tune in next week.